Hello and welcome to the Pack Mag Parents Podcast, your place to laugh and learn. Everything we do is to make the lives of everyday parents easier. Without further ado, let's welcome our hostess with the mostess, Bree James. Well, hello, Bree James back with you with the Pack Mag Parents Podcast, the podcast for parents who just need a laugh or maybe a cry, maybe a glass of wine. Well, I'm happy to say I can help you out with the first two, uh, but maybe you can help me out with the third one. Let me know. So today's show, however, is going to be a little bit on the serious side. So in today's episode, we discuss why children need to understand consent and the importance of them having autonomy over their body. In today's world, unfortunately, the fears around sexual assault are front of mind for many parents. And as our children begin to grow curious in others and build relationships with those around them, Many parents do stress uh, that their child may become a victim or on the, on the other side of the table, a perpetrator. Um, so this is why teaching our children about consent and respect at a very young age is so crucial. So today's guest is the founder and managing director of Safe for Kids, a company which focuses on child abuse prevention and education. She is passionate for teaching kids about body safety while empowering them with knowledge to ultimately keep them safe. So today she joins us to chat about how we can teach our children about consent and shares her advice for approaching our children on this topic. So please welcome our guest, Holly Ann Martin, on to Zoom. It's time to get to class. So why is it important that we teach our children about consent? Um, I believe that we need to start teaching young children about consent from a very early age and maybe not teaching it but modelling it. Um, I uh, teach a child abuse prevention program and I had the privilege of standing in front of on average 4,500 kids every year across Australia. And when I'm working with 14-year-old young men, they tell me they are watching at least two hours a week of pornography. At 14? Yeah. And when I say... Fellas, why would you look at that? Oh, to learn technique, miss, to learn style. So let me stop you right there. (laughs) Not the right technique and there's no style, but there's no kissing, there's no pleasure for women, there's no foreplay. 88% of a pornographic movie is violence against women and there is no consent. And so that's what our teens think is totally normal. And there is a certain sex act in the stuff that they're watching that you need a lot of consent around. So it's really important that children grow up knowing body autonomy and that they're the boss of their bodies and that nobody should be doing anything to them without their consent. So with small children, it's not about teaching them about sex. It's simply modelling, you know, um, can I change a bottom and and things like that. Um, There was quite some controversy with a, a sex educator Um, in Victoria a couple of years ago where she came out and said that, you know, parents should ask to change their children. And it just went, it was taken out of context and it just went viral. And, you know, I really felt sorry for her because her points were so valid, but people were just going totally ridiculous on it. And, oh, well, you know, what am I supposed to do? Let my kid have a dirty nappy and stuff like that. But it's not about that. It's about empowering children. Mm. I was in a class yesterday, actually, and I noticed the teacher said, you know, I want you to draw a picture on the person next to you's back, but you need to ask them first if that's okay. And I thought that was really beautiful, um, you know, because that's teaching consent from a re- really young age, you know, even a hug, you know, can I give you a hug? Um, exactly. It's a simple thing. I won't ever language. give a child, I don't ever give a child a high five without saying, can I give you a high five? 
Yeah. And people think it's so over the top. But if I'm modelling that all the time, then people pick up on those sorts of things because, you know, they might be in a bad mood and might not want to. And mm. just putting up your hand is not giving them that, you know, that autonomy. So, you know, I say, if you don't want to, you know, we could do a fist bump, we could do whatever. Quite often you see on Facebook um, things where classroom teachers have on their door where, you know, a greeting for each of the children and there's a little dance or a hug or a high five or a fist bump, but nowhere on any of the charts have I seen a, I don't, not, no thank you, not today. And, you know, that really needs to be included yeah. because you'll know yourself. Some days you're, you know, in just the mood and you're getting touched. It. Yes. No, don't want to be, uh, yeah, you don't want hugs. You don't want high fives. You just want to be left alone. I get that. Probably a little bit too much. I get that. <laughs> so how can we protect children then in the future about consent? Because obviously, you know, it's a big fear um, of many parents that, you know, something's going to happen to our child without their consent. So how can we protect our children in the future from being in a situation where, you know, they may not have given their consent for something to happen to them? Um, funnily enough, I wrote a, a children's book about this. Um, it was my, child, my childhood story. I had an uncle who used to um, scrape my face down his whiskers and then take out his teeth as we'll go to leave and go give me a kiss give me a kiss and my family would make me kiss him and we really need to another friend of mine in Victoria um, who's also a sexologist um, got into trouble because she came out and said even grandparents should ask to kiss their grandchildren and people are going oh well you know they're the grandparents they should just be allowed to do it but they're just small things that if if it's made really clear, if parents have to ask to touch you, you know, even just to brush your hair um, and things like that, then if we're modelling that without explicitly teaching it or simple things like, you know, if kids are being tickled, the second they say no or stop, we need to stop. Um, and then the kids, if they want more, they can go do it again, do it again. But quite often we just tickle kids and I, I actually do this with children in a class. I ask the kids who likes to be tickled and half the class will put up their hand to say they don't like it. So I'll go up to them and say, is it okay if I tickle you though? And they usually sit on the carpet looking, you know, from side to side going, well, you're the teacher, do what you like. <laughs> well, no, if you don't like it, you've got the right to say it. you don't like it. And even if they do like it, we keep going and going to the just about wetting their pants but if we stop when they say stop or if they're wrestling with their brother and their brother says stop, then they need to stop because the next thing that happens is they usually cop an elbow in the face and then it's on like Donkey Kong. <laughs> but it's just those tiny, tiny little teachable moments that come up in family life that it doesn't have to be scary and it is so important if we're modelling it all the time. Um, you know, if a parent's holding a one-year-old baby and, you know, of course, I want to have a cuddle. So I'll go up and say, you know, can I have a cuddle and clap my hands and then put my hands out as if to, I'm going to take them. If they put out their hands to, for me to take them, then I would take them. But if they turn their back on me, I would never take them. i say, yeah, that's okay. So even from that age, we can actually model that. This podcast is proudly brought to you by Good Start Early Learning. Good Start can nurture your little one right from the nursery through to kindergarten with the choices of a nine-hour, ten-hour or all-day session. Visit goodstart.org.au and inquire today.
Mm, it's so true because a lot of people do force themselves onto, you know, because they just, it's more about them than about the child. So it's very interesting. So how can parents teach their children about consent without scarring them then? Because obviously, you know, it is a bit of a, it's a hard one. Well, yeah, like I said, you know, modelling it all the time and, and naming it up. You own your body and I will always ask, you know, to brush your hair. I won't just grab it and start, you know, ploughing through it and things like that. Um, you know, I need to brush your hair because, you know, if I say no, I need to brush your hair because you're going to school and if it's all knotty, you know, it's not okay to go to school with knotty hair. So you have to risk on purpose. But to be, you know, really modelling it with the children um, you know, I've had a couple of people comment on my Facebook page about, you know, it's ridiculous talking to children, you know, children about consent because people link consent to sex. It's got nothing to do with it, you know, for children. It's just about body autonomy. Yeah, and I guess learning that they can say no for things happening to their body if they didn't want to. And it's so small things, I guess, that are, are a way to be able to say no to big things in the future. It's, you know, so many people also, have trouble saying no. And also how to hear no. You know, if, you know, even for adults, you know, sometimes if my husband goes and taps me on the shoulder and says, you know, and um, I'll say, oh, no, you know, I don't feel like it now. You know, how often do we take offence and, oh, what's wrong with me? And, you know, it's just not convenient at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> so it's not you, it's, it's me. Not, <laughs> <laughs> it's not that you're being rejected. And that's what a lot of people, um, you know, find hard. So we really need to, this was brought home to me. One of the things that I do with, with children is um, I always wear long necklaces that are very colourful and, and I do a lot of work in remote Aboriginal communities. Now, in my experience, um, in every community that I've worked in, I've worked in 62 across Australia, in every Aboriginal dialect that I've come across, there is no word for consent. And so that's a whole new concept um, to, to teach both adults and children there. But I always, and the kids are so tactile and they always want to, you know, I wear different earrings every day and a different necklace and they always want to touch it. And so now, because I've been so, you know, persistent about teaching consent, they'll come and say, oh, Holly, can I touch your necklace? And I was in a school and a child came up and, and you know, said, Holly, can I touch your necklace? And I was in the middle of a lesson. And I said, no, not at the moment. Um, you know, I'm busy and it was like I slapped him across the face. He was just, the look on his dear little face with just total rejection. And I'm just, it really brought it home to me that, wow, we need to, to you know, teach to say no, but also how to hear no mm. without taking it personally. And that no is a total sentence. It's not no convince me or no pressure me or one of the words that kids in remote communities were using is humbugging. Don't humbug me to keep going, you know, pressuring. Um, just, no, that's, that's it. I don't have to justify it. No is no. And the song that I wrote um, says it so, with, the, with children in a remote community just says that so beautifully. You know, yes means yes and no means no. But also no words doesn't mean yes and things like that. So we have to teach children that it's, you know, an, an affirmative yes. It's not a, you know, if they, they look away or they just don't say anything, all of those things mean no. Only a clear yes means yes. Mm, perfect note to end on. Uh, but where can parents go uh, for more information about the work that you do? Um, so my um, company is called Safe 
for kids, safe the number for kids. Um, so we have a website, um, so that's .com.au. Um, I have a, um, a Facebook page where I'm always sharing the latest research about um, protective education, the worst apps, just really good information about this sort of stuff to help parents navigate the world. Um, I do a lot of stuff on cyber safety because that's a whole nother mm. big area that young people um, get caught up in. And, and one of the things that I'd like to end on is for parents to even know that even sharing their children's photos without consent is not okay. Um, whenever I t share a photo with anybody else apart from myself in it, I always use hashtag shared with consent because parents are sharing pictures of their children in all sorts of situations and, um, you know, how many of them are actually saying to the children, is it okay if I post that? Yeah. Um, because identity theft in the future is going to be a huge problem because of the oversharing from parents. Such an interesting topic. Thank you so much, Holly, for your amazing insights. And, uh, yeah, go and check out more, safeforkids.com.au. Thank you. The weird, the wacky and the wonderful in the world of parenting. All right, a fact around hiccups. So hiccups occur due to a part of the body called your diaphragm spasming. So if you've ever wondered why holding your breath cures your hiccups, it's because you build up carbon dioxide in your body by not exhaling it, which will stop your diaphragm from spasming, which is what causes hiccups. So there you have it. Hold your breath. It's supposed to work to cure hiccups. Number two, a research team at Stanford University in the US has developed a blood test that may be able to predict if a baby will be born prematurely. So the blood test can be taken around the six-month mark of pregnancy and looks for seven genes which uh, can change activity, which may signal a premature birth. So it may offer a cheap and fast way to predict the risks of premature births, and it's aimed to make pregnancy much safer. And number three, unique restaurants. So everywhere around the world, people are looking for new travel experiences. However, there are loads of locations that combine these experiences with dining. So Rengali Island in the Maldives has an underwater restaurant, which is more than five metres below sea level. And there's a giraffe mana in Kenya, which is a restaurant surrounded by, you guessed it, giraffes. So they sometimes poke their long necks into the windows in hope of a treat. And number three, the Lapland Hotel Snow Village features three restaurants, all made out of ice and snow. Uh, there's a modern toilet in Taiwan that is uh, a toilet-themed restaurant. Uh, so meals are served in a bowl that resembles a toilet. I don't think I could eat it. It'd probably be a crappy meal. Um, and Dinner in the Sky, there's another one originating in Belgium, consisting of a mobile restaurant hoisted into the air with a crane. So there you go, some unique restaurants for you to try around the world. I like all of them, except for the, the one in Taiwan. I don't think I could eat out of a toilet. So there you go, some restaurants. Maybe you can DIY at home, try these experiences home. Uh, there we go, unique restaurants, love it. If you're loving the Pack Mag Parenting Podcast, then you'll love our other channels. Follow Pack Mag on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Pinterest. It's time for Bree's Give It A Go Challenge. All right, this week's Give It A Go Challenge, I want you to learn to play an instrument. Now, sure, you probably won't magically become Mozart overnight or in a week's time, but you can learn the basics. So pick an instrument of your choice, of your interest, and give it a try. 
I want you to see if you can learn some simple tunes. So you could even look at into a music lesson maybe uh, and give them a try. But I'm sure many of you used to play an instrument. Maybe some of you still do. Choose a new one. Give it a go. Expand your horizons. Pack Mag's tip of the week. All right, tip of the week. Have you got some cookie cutters laying around? Apart from well cutting cookies, there's a number of other things you can do with them. You can use them to cut out other foods into fun shapes, such as sandwiches, pancakes, watermelon and fried eggs. Uh, you can use them to make adorably shaped candles and soaps, or even gift tags and scrapbooking shapes. So there you go. Get those cookie cutters out and do something else besides making cookies and give it a go. It's a wrap. What did we learn on today's show? All right, what did we learn on today's show? Uh, well, it's important that we not only teach our children about consent at a young age, but also model it in front of our children. So simply ask them, can I give you a hug? Or stopping tickling them when they've asked you to stop can teach our children a big lesson on consent. Number two, consent doesn't always mean sex. So consent is teaching our children that they have the right over their own body and being told no, uh, that the other person is just not feeling in the mood for a high five, a hug, or whatever the question of consent was over. It's important for children to hear no without taking it personally and for them to be able to say no without other people taking it personally and forcing themselves on them for that hug off grandpa and things like that as well. Uh, and lastly, go and check out Holly's website for Safe for Kids for more information. It's a really interesting topic, uh, and I think it's one, as parents, that we really need to look into more. I can't believe we've wrapped up another show. I'm having a lot of fun bringing you these episodes. I hope you're loving them. Uh, please share them with your friends. Uh, rate us on iTunes. We'd love some feedback. Send us an email uh, if you've got a topic that you'd like us to discuss. Uh, but a big thank you to Holly Ann for her incredible insights today uh, and to Good Start Early Learning for sponsoring our show. Uh, and a big thank you to everyone else that's made the episode possible. Uh, but until next time, happy parenting. And don't forget to tell everyone that you heard it on PacMag. Thanks for listening to today's show. If you want to be an expert guest or you've got a weird, wacky or wonderful product to share, don't be shy. Get in contact with our team at info at pacmag.com.au. This podcast is proudly produced by PacMag. You can listen to more episodes on our website, pacmag.com.au.